0: this is a great time to take a ad break. Um, Do you like paying for stuff and then getting things in return? Then you should consider becoming a patron of the Geek Therapy Network stuff. You can get cool things like bonus content from Laura talking about Cool stuff.
1: Hosway's <laughs> oh, so I'm not gonna put this in.
0: <laughs> and Lauren, you can get Lauren's top ten smoochies of
1: E3. Smooching. There's a there's a blog post right there. <laughs> top yeah. ten smoochies.
0: Please I... please give us your money and we will make more stuff. Um at patr- patreon.com patreon dot com slash give hosway money for geek
1: therapy. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going to do my best Josue impression, which is...
1: You got to take a deep breath in. Take
0: a deep breath before I say, before I do, before I get ready. And then I have to yell at you guys for messing me up. Okay. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. I am not Josue Cardona because <laughs> Josue Cardona is on assignment. I am only Matu and I am joined as always by Lara Taylor. Hey! And Lauren Keller. Hello. How y'all doing this Pride Month?
1: Pretty
2: good. It's Pretty Pride Month. proud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to be feeling this month. So it's Pride Month. We wanted to um, actually talk about a show that uh, is definitely related to Pride. And it's something we've talked about on GT Radio before. We wanted to talk about the brand new season of Queer Eye. Uh, Lauren, you're actually the one who first brought up Queer Eye on this show. What What does this show mean to you?
2: Um, I, really, I really like the show. I just finished watching the new season earlier today, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really love it. I really love that um, it's sort of a special spin-off recreation of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy that came out in, like, the, what, early 2000s? Yeah. Um, and, and that show was a, a big deal for its time. But the, this one is, like, at this point, you know, there's more acceptance for gay people than there was then, but there's still a lot of bigotry out there, and it's, it's kind of cool to see them interact with people real people in in georgia and sort of uh in a lot of times be the only only gay influence in their lives but it's it's really touching i always really like the stories and i'm I'm, it's it's very hopeful and i think that that's something i really need a lot right now in my life
0: did did either of you watch the original show
1: a little bit i might have when it was on like reruns, and it was in, on in the background. It was I, a long time ago.
0: Yeah it, <laughs> yeah, it was. I rewatched one of the original episodes this week, and I was like, this is so early 2000s. In like in production style and fashion and, and all of that. But I somehow missed the original series. Like I knew of it, but I never really watched it. But if if you haven't seen it, the premise is there's the Fab Five. And um, they in the original series and in the new series, they're all gay men um, who have a specific focus. There's uh, hair, um, hair, clothes, food, lifestyle, and design or home. What would you? Yeah, design. Right, and they would um, they would do a makeover for um, in the original series heterosexual men. And uh, the same formula is there in the new show. The spirit, I think, is there from the old show and the new show. But um, the new show feels just, um, well, it feels a lot more modern to me. Um, (laughs) But I'm kind of curious what your impressions are of of this new show and this, this relaunch of Queer Eye.
1: I mean, I haven't watched the new season and the first season, uh, I only watched some episodes like while my wife was watching kinda on the periphery. I remember thinking when the original show was on, the name of the show for me sounded really judgy and I didn't mm. I think that's part of why I avoided it. Like queers know better than <laughs> than straight people about everything, which, you know, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> but but really I was like I don't know it feels kind of judgy and but they but they took out the the like I think most of in the title it's just queer eye now. Yeah. So, and from what I've seen the tone of the show is a lot different than I thought. Like they're very sweet and and I mean sometimes I I picked up on like little bits of maybe cattiness but not really it's more of a focus on helping people and transforming their lives and you guys have been talking about crying while watching this show and I I wasn't paying enough attention to to cry but definitely (laughs) like had to hand my wife some tissues and be like oh it's okay that's so sweet but I definitely think it is an important show it's just on my periphery,
0: Laura. <laughs> you need to come over and hang out, with Lauren and I. We'll show you how to have a good queer eye cry.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh I'm my sure. gosh. Um, oh man, yeah.
0: There, there's a little bit of um, snarkiness, I think, in the yeah. original series, and yeah. there there's some of that in the new one. Uh, but I I have to agree with you, Lauren. What what really strikes me about the show is how hopeful it is, and how much it's—it's it's about connection to mm-hmm. other people, and how—and um, your connection with yourself and who you are on the inside, and how sometimes people might be stuck in their life, or they might have lost that connection with who they are, and how much the Fab Five try to help people to get reconnected with that, and then reconnected with other people in their life the first episode of the first season there's a man who says uh you can't cure ugly and um so much of that episode is about helping him to reconnect with um someone who's he's very close to and helping him to kind of work through all those thoughts he has sometimes i'm watching the fab five and i'm like you all are really good therapists. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're way better at my job than than I am. Um,
2: yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things I really love about it because it's it's like a makeover show. That is also like, hey, while we're here uh, teaching you how to apply sunscreen and do a French tuck, can we also talk about your deep-seated issues? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that goes into the stereotype that your barber, your hairdresser is your therapist. I mean, it's true. Mm. They're touching your scalp. It's very intimate. It's I mean, especially with men, if you're letting them <laughs> razor your throat, right? You oh, might as yeah. well trust them with your daddy issues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what's interesting here, we're, we're talking about representation. And I, I mean, I'm a cisgender hetero guy, so I, I, I can't speak to the gay male experience. But it, it does seem like, uh, Laura, for you, it was... There's some ideas of like stereotypes that were coming up with this show that might have led you to not watch the original and maybe mm-hmm. watch the new one, like half watch it with yeah. your wife. So I'm kind of curious, what what do you all think of the representation and rep- and what is being represented in, in the show?
2: Um, I would definitely say that the, you know, I mean, I'm not a gay dude, but the representation is important. there There is a lot of stereotyping, and certainly some of the Fab Five will, you know, express certain aspects of the quote-unquote gay guy stereotype, um, but I think that's also kind of cool, because it shows that, you know, these five men are all very different from each other but they also have a lot of similarities. And that's kind of like how everybody is, is mm-hmm. we have a lot of unique aspects and experiences that other people, you know, maybe really don't get or can't possibly understand. But there's a lot of other things that we share and we can understand about each other. And and having that toe in the door is, a, you know, a really good space to start building empathy, I think.
1: I think the important thing is that it's a reality show. And so mm. some not, reality shows aren't always they aren't reality. Sometimes they're scripted, sometimes but these are real gay men. Mm. It's not even gay men playing gay men in a in a narrative. It is or straight men playing gay men. They're they're actual gay men. So whatever the representation is, they're representing some gay men, they're representing themselves. That's kind of cool. How long ago? That was early 2000s, the original show was on. And even before that, like, you didn't have much, like, yeah. representation of of any LGBT characters or people or, yeah. I
0: think. Ellen and Will and Grace are probably the about it. <laughs> about it, yeah, yeah. There's um, if you watch the Netflix series, there's um, an interview they have with uh, four out of the original Fab Five and then the new Fab Five. And one of the things that the original, the OG Fab Five, talk about is how much they have been approached by people who said, "You were my role model gl- growing up. You were the only person I could turn on TV and say there's someone like me out there Mm -hmm. and how many times they um, just that representation gave the courage for people to come out and um, that that is a big deal yeah to have five gay men starring in the show and being themselves and that's something that I love about this series is as as you go through the episodes you do learn more about each of these five men. You obviously know more, know a lot about the person that they're making over, but over time they reveal a little bit more about themselves and I love that. I love learning their stories and learning more about who they are. So, Laura, I know you haven't seen season 2 yet, but um
1: go, go ahead and talk all about it. I will still love it. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm, I'm not I don't when I get to it. I don't know if we could spoil an episode of this show because the show is so much about the emotions um, yeah like uh, yeah but um lord I, I i've been dying to talk to you about um i think it's episode four or five of season two this yeah. is an episode where they uh, make over a transgender male um participant in the show this sh- that episode i cried so much <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that was I that was a very good episode. I also cried. Um, It it opens uh, with video from this man's top surgery and um, all of the Fab Five are extremely moved by this uh, seeing when he looks down and and sees that, you know, his, his breasts are gone and what a moving moment that is. And it really touched all of them. And then later on in the episode when uh, Tan gets uh, some one-on-one time with with the I'm forgetting his name, mm. the participant, uh, and is talking about like being in the gay community. But even though they're you know LGBT. QI plus like even though that gets all smushed together there you know the gay community isn't necessarily always there for the trans community Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh you know misunderstandings and 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 discomfort in addressing it and having that opportunity to be all like I want to talk to you about your trans experience and hearing it and how emotional it made Tan and, and me and um, how honest and open um, the, the participant was being. it was it was just really touching and it, um, really awesome representation because you know, even though there isn't a lot of trans representation at all, what little there is is usually trans women. so it's really nice mm-hmm. to see trans men represented in TV as well.
0: And his uh, I just looked up his name, which is Skyler. Skyler,
2: yes, thank you. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, what that episode I think does so well is it, it walks you through many different experiences of being um, of being trans and also uh, being a trans man. Um, issues related to surgery, the cost of healthcare when you're trans, um, how hard it is to have your uh, gender change and your license to reflect your gender. Um, A lot of these issues, it it just kind of walks you through it. And um, I mean, no, I know no two people are the same. um, But it's for someone who might not know, or from who might not know someone who is trans, or um, might not know what, what part of that experience is like? I thought this episode um, made it really easy to understand in a um, in a very a very touching way.
2: Yeah, I agree, Laura. You really gotta watch that episode.
1: That it sounds like a really awesome episode. It is. Skylar is wonderful. It covers a lot of things, and you're right. The trans men are not. I mean, I, there's some representation on TV. I've seen there's a couple of characters I've seen um, played by actual trans men. Mostly, when people think of the trans population, they're thinking of trans women, and there's a lot of a lot of things that people don't think about when it comes to the trans experience, and that's really awesome that they gave a glimpse into one person's experience at least. Yeah.
0: And and then what's cool about the show too is then you also have episodes where the Fab 5 are meeting with um people who are big um Trump supporters and then this really liberal mayor and then um just such a, a, a wide variety of of individuals um uh it there's just oh and then they they remake a community center for a church like there there's so many different people that they meet and i just that's a cool part of the show seeing the fab five with so many different types of people and to hear their story it's just i just really love the show um But it's not the only uh, show out there uh, representing um, the LGBTQ population. I mean, we've come a long way since the original Queer Eye. Are there um, other shows that are some of your favorite examples of representation?
1: Well, Lauren wanted to talk about Sense8. I do. It's so good. Let's talk about Sense8.
2: I watched that finale movie,
1: uh, and it was very fun. It was it was the best. And if you don't know about Sense8, it's a show about, I guess, eight people whose experiences are intertwined with like, it's like sci-fi. Their their brains are connected, and they can experience each other's experiences and and see what other people see, and like take over the each other's like physical bodies at times and it's just it's so cool and there are eight very different people from all over the world lots of different sexualities and gender representations and uh it, it's the best it's the best show
2: <laughs>
1: and everybody's really cute
2: no me know me is the best i do i love no me
0: how how are we on the smoochy scale of uh zero to ten
2: well, 20,000.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> <What? laughs> S- spoiler warning for the very end, but literally the final scene in the show <laughs> is
1: a sex scene.
0: Oh, of course. So it's, it's,
1: it's uh, all it's, smoochies. It's, it's beautiful uh, and romantic. How, man, how many people? How many people? That was like uh, well, 18. Eight 18 people plus. Yeah, 19, what? it was 18 three, people.
0: I can't even imagine how that works. I mean, okay, you have
1: to watch the show.
0: Okay, okay, I, I um, yeah, it's been on my list. Um, because it's the Wachowski siblings, right? Who yeah. put this together. Yeah, and I know Josue Cardona is a big fan of the Matrix trilogy and um all of their work. Um it, it's been something I've wanted to watch. I just kind of haven't gotten around
2: to it. It's, it's a real fun sci-fi story. I think it you'll is. really like it, especially from a like, you know, having <laughs> a baseline understanding of how brains work. I think mm-hmm. you'll <laughs> extra enjoy it because it's really fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's um, a lot, there's a lot of like brain stuff, there's sci-fi, and then there's pretty cool LGBTQ representation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the characters, Nomi, is trans, and she's a trans woman who's also a lesbian, and, uh, Amanita's pretty cool, too, but Nomi's my favorite. so cute. (laughs) Oh. So cute. Um, one of the interesting things that I really enjoy, being from the San Francisco Bay Area, all the places, when, not in the finale, obviously, because the finale is not, in, in the U.S. but throughout this series um, the scenes in San Francisco I'm like I've been there I've been there oh my <laughs> gosh I know where that apartment building is um, <laughs> they mention in the first season they mention the Lexington Club which is a, a the, the last lesbian bar that was in San Francisco and it closed down three years ago mm. um, but it which is really sad and like Kind of put a damper in the community in San Francisco, um, but it was wonderful to see it mentioned. And it's an actual place. Just, just they capture everything about about the community. I think um, wow. and what it's like to live there. Oh, it's so great.
0: That's really high praise. That's like yeah. I, What's
1: the Wachowskis? They yeah. they they've been here. They live around here, I believe. I ran into them at the closing party for the Lexington Club. Oh, wow. Like, just literally, like, ran into them on the way out while they were heading back to the back of the bar. <laughs> but <I> was, <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. But it, this show is amazing.
2: What What I really like about this show is that it showcases some... Uh, non-traditional non-monogamous relationships yes and i think that that's really important representation that doesn't show up
1: in tv very frequently
0: you Um, never see that
1: yeah yeah that last episode i was like are they going are they going there oh they're going there okay that's cool that's awesome
2: (laughs) i like like that there's there's two examples of that in in the the sense eight Eight people. There's um, mm-hmm. uh, Lido is is um a gay man, and he has a partner, and then they have like their best friend who also s- sort of joins them s- in a sexual way. But so it's sort of like th- three people in the relationship. It's very triad like, which I love that. And then in the new season, um, uh, Kala's husband finally got looped into the whole situation. And he integrated so well with the group. It made me so I really expected there to be a big blowout and like toxic masculinity. Like you're my wife. I own you and your body like jerk off nonsense. But instead he was (laughs) like, "Uh." okay, this is wild, but I love you and I'm in. And and like he joined in the super fun orgy at the end and it was beautiful. And then there were boys smooching and there were girls smooching and it was it so was wonderful. Crazy.
1: <sighs> Every
0: yeah. permutation of smooching.
1: Yeah, that's why Ultimate I smoochies. said on a scale of one to 10, <laughs> 20,000. <000. laughs>
0: <laughs> um, did either of you ever watch Battlestar Galactica or its prequel Caprica?
1: I did not, much to the disappointment of my wife, oh. who is very mad at me for never watching Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, as yeah. as
0: she should be because mm-hmm. it's amazing. Lauren, did you ever watch it?
1: I've seen the first
2: episode of Battlestar Galactica, and I've seen the first episode of Kafrica, but I've never watched any more <laughs> than that.
0: You know what? Points points for like seeing the pilots, though you kind of And, know and something. it's like
2: I'm in, I'm interested in it but not enough that I sat down and actually committed to watching the rest <sighs> of them. There's always more stuff to watch, right?
0: Yeah, I know, I know. That's there, there's too much good stuff. It's too w-
2: much good stuff.
0: One of the cool things about Battlestar is it does feature um, it does feature some gay relationships. And the uh, the prequel series, Caprica, also features non-monogamous relationships. And these are both two series that were in uh, the 2000s, so the mid-2000s and the late 2000s. Um, I really love them. It doesn't sound like they were um, as developed as what you saw in Sense8, but um, it was one of the first times where I saw something out of the, the normal hetero monogamous relationship in a flagship sci-fi TV series.
1: Well, I, I think what's interesting now is that so looking at at least the L and the G, mm-hmm. sometimes the B it, in in the huge acronym that we have, um, <laughs> almost Every show that I watch has some form of that, and oh, more wow. more tea is showing up. Um, but Ooh. years, ago, <laughs> yes, yes, years ago, you you were you were looking really having to look for it. But I, I I was going through my the list of shows that I I watch, and pretty much every show I has I, that I I has every show that I watch <laughs> has. Um, at least a few lgbt characters it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to think about that
0: that's amazing
1: mhm I- and and three-dimensional characters too not just like hi i'm gay and then <laughs> i'm gone <laughs> or hi i'm bi and i'm gone uh. like there there's a significant amount i watched a few shows today uh and was surprised at at the representation- there were some that I was not expecting um i've been catching up on season two of Riverdale uh, <laughs> 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 and and uh yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot out there um and it's so cool <laughs> i was I was watching uh, brooklyn nine nine
2: earlier today and um I watched the episode uh, <laughs> It's one of, one of the more recent ones, but um, Rosa has come out as bi, which, yes, oh my gosh, I love Rosa so much, um, but she is, like, <laughs> starstruck by seeing Gina Rodriguez, and there's, like, chemistry looking at each other, camera shots, and it was just so wonderful and gave me such warm fuzzies. It was beautiful.
0: I'm thinking about uh, E3 and wasn't mm-hmm. there like a a big AAA title that features a lesbian character?
1: Not just one but two. There's a lesbian kiss.
0: What?
1: Mhm. That's
0: amazing. Like we we're talking about Pride month and like what a moment to be proud cuz it I just think about my childhood and how rare it was to see LGBT characters and, um, like, I'm, I'm thinking about Orange is the New Black, which I think mm-hmm. has such great representation of really complex characters and complex relationships. And a show like that, I can't even imagine seeing something like that 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago.
1: 10 years ago was when we had, like, The L Word and Queer as Folk yep. on... Shows are on channels that you had to pay for, and, like, that was what you got. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, now there's a lot, and, I mean, Sony's conference at at E3 opens up with some music, and then the first game, like, game video we see is... Lesbians kissing, and it was great. <laughs> Lauren got so excited on the stream.
0: <laughs>
1: I did. I did. Uh, it's
2: it's for the game The Last of Us Two Part Two, which um, I am pretty excited about. But yeah, not only is it very exciting because it was an on-screen lesbian kiss on you know the floor of E3 and how awesome that was. But also, it was just a really, really good kiss. Like, video games are not good at kissing. It was a good oh, good animation. So such, a,
1: such a good kiss. It that was... motion capture, oh yeah. Oh That yeah. is
0: so true, Lauren. Like, video game kisses can get into that whole uncanny valley. Like, it just looks like, it doesn't look like smooching as much as it does like polygons, like hitting each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, uh-huh. this
1: looked really good.
0: Nice. Nice. It's, is it, like, gif Can we turn it uh, into... Totally. It's okay. totally gif Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I've been very proud as a Trekkie to see where Star Trek is. Like, it's been the final frontier for so long, for Star Trek to um, have um, some diversity when it comes to sexual orientation. And finally, with Star Trek Beyond, although it was a little controversial, they turned um, Hikaru Sulu into a LGBT character. I shouldn't say turned. Turned implies that he was not before. And yeah, you can debate whether he was depicted as um, hetero or homosexual, but he's now a gay character, a gay male a gay man, and then what's really cool though is on Star Trek Discovery, we saw um, a gay couple um, played by a or a medical officer and oh, engineer officer, I think engineering officer, and their relationship over the course of many episodes. Um, I was so so happy to see that, um, and their relationship is awesome. You see them like brushing teeth together because it just like normalizes. Like gays are in the future. They're serving on starships. They're kicking ass and <laughs> gaze lives. in
1: space. <laughs>
2: gaze
0: in space. Space space.
2: Yes, absolutely. More more gays in space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they smooch. There's smooch points.
2: Many spooch.
0: So mm. is is this where we are in other mediums too? I'm thinking comic books. I'm thinking film.
1: I think comics, um, comics have come a long way. Your mainstream DC and marvel they are they they are getting there. Uh, they have—I mean, we have Batwoman. Um, marvel just had—they so Cena Grace is a gay man writing Iceman, who is gay. Whoa! Um, the book was canceled, and oh, then no. people complained. And now they're bringing it back what? this fall. Yeah, Yay. they just announced that they're bringing back Iceman, and that book is amazing and authentic. Um, I can feel the love that went into it when I read it. The experience of of coming out, realizing I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to dating someone of the same mm. same gender as me. <laughs> um, coming out to your friends, coming out to um, he has to come out to women he's dated before, and then coming out not only as a mutant, having previously had to come out as a mutant to his family, but then having to come out as gay to his parents who are conservative. (laughs) This is not a metaphor at all. It's not a (laughs) metaphor. Um, But you can see the parallels going through the book. There's persecution against... The mutants actively in the storyline. You can see it going along with his thoughts, his inner thoughts about coming out to his parents, and it is beautifully done. Um, so, if you haven't read Iceman, you should read Iceman, um, and then read it again when it comes back.
0: Laura, um, is it just called Iceman? It, is that it's the It's Iceman. Okay. Yeah. okay.
1: Um, don't know how many issues it ran through already, um, but Cena Grace is the writer. And there are so many other comics. If you get outside of there, outside of Marvel and DC, looking at uh, first second, put out Prince and the Dressmaker, which I talked about months ago um, on on the podcast. About it's like RuPaul's Drag Race meets Disney, um, and it's a beautiful story about a prince who is he's he likes women but he wants to wear dresses and be fabulous. And it's wonderful.
0: You had me at RuPaul's Drag Race meets Disney. <laughs> like. it's, it's,
1: a, it's a beautiful book by Jen Wang. Wow. Um, and it's a quick read. So good. What I love right now is that there are a lot of all ages and young adult comics coming out for for LGBTQ youth. I mean, Lumberjanes has been out for a while, but that's that's an amazing book. I will always sing its praises. <laughs> Older stuff. Nimona by Noelle Stevenson has been out a few years. Um, it's a graphic novel. It's really good. Um, oh, I can't think of the other. Shattered by... Or Shattered Warrior by... I want to say Molly Ostertag. Really good stuff. Yeah, there's there's stuff everywhere. I mean, we talk about not just comics, but... Uh, Stephen Universe is a comic, but it's also started as a show. We, there's so many themes in that, and beautifulness, and that is a word now. Beautifulness, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, really, just it's out there. And if you go to your comic shop, your local comic shop, and ask for it, they should know. They should know what to look for. for give me you. the
2: queer stuff, Even, and
0: and some <laughs> of the
1: give me the queer stuff. But a lot of the stuff is. Now like it's not just like it's a queer book. It's a book with a great story and there happens to be queer characters in it mm-hmm. that are in the forefront sometimes in the background but usually in the forefront that I'm th- the books I'm thinking of but it's not uh, just about them being queer. They just happen to be queer mm-hmm. which is where I want things to go for for the world. I mean, we're here People need to get used to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lauren, do you have any um, any favorite representation it, from comics?
2: I don't know that I I've encountered a lot in comics that I can recall off off of the dome but I did encounter um, the other day on Twitter I ran across somebody had tweeted it's, uh, Amanda Holland said when I first saw Haley Kyoko it was mind-blowing to me to see an out pop star openly singing about women mm. so I thought if it's mind-blowing to me at 30 years old what would an what would older lesbians say? And then she inter- she interviewed some some sixty five and up aged old lesbians, <laughs> and videotaped them watching Hayley Kiyoko's uh, very lesbian music videos and songs about women loving women, and and it was really really touching to see that. And like straight up, one of one of the older ladies said, "Like, can you imagine how different our lives would have been if we had seen this stuff yeah. on TV?"
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And it was it was really touching. And so, yeah, representation is really important and it's important in every media medium, from you know TV to video games to comic books to music videos.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's something that we often don't talk enough about is music and music videos as a medium and how important representation is there. Um, you're so you're so right about that.
1: I remember listening to, um, I think it's Halsey's Bad at Love, um, listening to the word. I, I, I knew the like the, the catchy parts of the song, and then at work, when we listen in the office, we just put music on, and I was actually listening to the words, and I was like, wait, she's singing about a girl? Wait, she's singing about a guy, too. Wait, she's singing about a girl. This is really cool. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and I got chills. And I get chills when I hear the song. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few of those songs more recently. That, I mean,
2: we we've talked on here about Janelle Monáe's videos a lot. And oh my Dirty gosh, Computer yes. was was yep. such a gorgeous piece of queer art and, and non-monogamous representation as well and it is like very empowering to me on a personal level but it's beautiful to see that kind of art being you know not only something that we can find but something that's being openly celebrated by by people who you know 10 15 years ago is like oh we you can maybe get a token gay in but mm-hmm. It's gonna yeah. be a white man. I think and we're about not gonna talk Tegan about it and Sarah, much.
1: who I've been listening to for at least a decade now, and how they did the the theme song for the Lego Movie. Like, everything is heck? awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah, they did that with the Lonely Island, and um, no one had ever heard of them, and then all of a sudden, people knew who they were. the The rest of their music used to sound like folk music, now it's more pop synth, but people would just, if you heard the song and didn't hear and didn't know that they were twin sisters who were lesbians, you would think they were singing about about a guy at times, Mm -hmm. Um, and more of their songs lately, like hearing a girl sing about, like, you treat me like your boyfriend is amazing.
0: (laughs) I want to put a plug in here for YouTubers, too. There are some amazing YouTubers who have shared their stories about coming out um, or um, about transitioning um, and created communities that have supported each other, that um, have provided so much information for people who might not know anyone else who's gay or who's trans um in their neighborhood and just through their youtube channels have been been able to create that that support um i think it is such a different world now where you can easily connect and hear other people's stories on youtube and um yeah that's just amazing it's another good time for an ad um <laughs> do you like uh forums and talking to people online i do uh, you do i've got the place for you to go and do your foruming it's the geek therapy forum at forums.geektherapy.com, where you forum. can come
1: forum.geektherapy.com <laughs> forum,
0: <laughs> it's singular there's only one there's only one forum <laughs> And you can go and, and talk about stuff. It's awesome.
1: And you know what's great? Lauren does it, and you don't.
0: I don't, but that's because <laughs> I, I that. have... I'm waiting for the right moment to join for the optimal awesomeness. So, please join us on forum.geektherapy.com and we now return you to our normally scheduled recording. Okay, here we go. So... So we talked about YouTube and music and comics and TV and there's such great representation there. Um I, I feel like there's an area where it's lacking a bit and, and that's with film. I don't I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I I especially feel this with more geeky films like Laura um did you see Thor Ragnarok and um
1: Of course I saw Thor right, Ragnarok. Right, right, right. And so yeah. like Valkyrie
0: is supposed to be a lesbian character there. But not really?
1: But not movie. like maybe she jumps in front of the what's her name, but yeah. No. It's coded just like everything everything else in the Yeah, cast didn't has they been coded. didn't they
2: cut a scene that made yeah. it more more explicit? And then didn't they also do that in Black Panther where they cut a scene? Right.
1: I think so. Black Panther I think we may see stuff in in the future. Um, I hope so. In the in the next movie, um, I'm really hoping so because that's a big part of those characters' lives in yeah. in the comics. Um, so, please, yeah. Marvel, please. <laughs> please, please, film
2: <laughs> film people, stop cutting the queer scenes. I think I saw something recently that was talking about a. a lesbian kiss was cut from the new Jurassic World Seriously? 2 electric boogaloo movie. Yeah, like <laughs> like they're dropping these little queer be- breadcrumbs, but they don't get to actually be in the movies. You
0: know, Lauren, it's just not believable in a movie about <laughs> dinosaurs that are like falling from the sky because a volcano is exploding. Um, you know, yeah. it's just you can't stretch your disbelief to that mm-hmm. to that degree.
1: Well, it's <laughs> like, oh, I good. mean... The Star Wars like expanded universe in the books, you have yeah. lesbian characters, you have gay characters, you have characters with gender pronouns that I can't even pronounce. But in the movies, not so much.
0: No, they've been doing a good job with ethnic diversity and increasing representation of women, but not mm-hmm. so much when it comes to LGBTQ uh, yeah. characters. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, they, they're, they're working their way. They just came back.
0: We'll yeah. See. I mean, <laughs> please,
1: please Disney, please Lucasfilm.
0: L3's gender and yeah. stuff is cool cuz it's it's kind of n- non-binary, I think.
1: And then there's s- supposedly some coded things about um pansexuality with uh with L3 and Lando. Yeah. But
0: Lando just defies any categorization
1: <laughs> kind of like prince
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> basically once you start wearing capes you just, you've just <laughs> <Yeah>. capes <laughs> yeah yeah
2: uh sexual labels no longer apply i wear a cape <laughs> that is my gender cape wearer cape
0: wait does that mean all superheroes are non-binary yes.
2: yeah yes. confirmed yeah. now yeah, and you can't take that. That is headcanon right there. <laughs>
0: that is a GT Radio scoop right there um <laughs> right now. So uh, I I really want to hear from everyone listening um on forum.geektherapy.com or on Twitter um or in the question queue like what are your favorite representations because I think there's so many out there now and there's so much so many more to discover. So please um everyone in the uh, geek therapy community let us know let's let's celebrate um, and let's be proud of this representation I want to talk about geek therapy um, do folks have anything to share for geek therapy this week um, movies, songs, TV shows, episodes that uh, powered you up, that invigorated you, that uh, were a celebration that we can share with the audience?
1: I mean, I've got some geek therapy. So this week, my wife has been away. She is, she has left me to go teach a cartooning class for the week. Um, so I've had my house to myself. Um, that means I get to do whatever geeky things I want. <laughs> Um, I get the TV to myself and I've been doing a lot of, like, I've loved that. Just being able to, don't get me wrong, I miss her, but, and and all the geeky things we do together, but it's been great to be able to catch up on, um, Riverdale season two. Um, I've been playing a lot of video games. I have finished Firewatch, which is not the best game to play by myself at oh, night yeah, maybe. with no one home. <laughs> um, I called her. I was like, why didn't you tell me this game was so creepy? <laughs> uh, she said, because you told me not to tell you. <laughs> um, but I finished that. So that is two video games I have finished in like two weeks. And I'm really nice. excited about wow. that. Um, so, and I started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider that I got for Christmas. Ooh, from my excellent. Oh, and cool. it's, it's been a lot of fun playing someone with the same name as me. <laughs> <laughs> a total badass. Yep. I had the name first. Laura, <laughs> do you
0: use that? When oh, people, yeah. 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 Yeah, people,
1: you can tell, um, how old someone is by what they, when they refer to my name. Like, Lara. oh, like... Dr. Zhivago or Lara like oh Lara Croft and sometimes they'll say Laura Croft and I'm like no 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 no. it's Lara Croft, Lara Croft. Um, but then I make sure that they know that I had the name first because <laughs> I'm older than the video game <laughs> so there <laughs> so there but yeah that's been that's been my geek therapy like getting to catch up on stuff and and play games, and there's there's a big Steam sale going on right now that oh, I'm trying yeah. to avoid. And PlayStation's got a sale, all these <laughs> video games that I could buy, but I'm not gonna buy them because I have self control this time.
0: Nice. This I'm is the trying to
1: convince myself that I have self control this time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the annual Steam
1: summer sale stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it just <laughs> started a few days like yesterday.
2: Yeah. yeah, Well, by the time
1: this airs, it'll have been a few days, but it'll still be going on.
2: Yeah, it goes through, what, the end of July, I think, right? Yep.
1: Yep.
0: For half of my patients, this summer Steam sale is like major uh, motivation for earlier in the year to make money, save up money. And it's (laughs) something they're looking forward to for the other half of my patients is a major challenge to their self-control and they're trying to avoid everything about it. Um, So it's
1: relatable. (laughs) (laughs) That that is a, that is a lot of discussion on the geek therapy discord uh, right now, (laughs) the steam sale and whether, um, what was it? Someone said something about steam sale, disorder or something (laughs) make it it an actual diagnosis because they can they can get you all those little three dollar two dollar five dollar ten dollar purchases add up and then you never play the games be honest Mm. (laughs) (laughs) because i sure don't
0: (laughs) it's like buying books and then putting them on your bookshelf um lauren what is your geek therapy for this week
2: well, my key therapy, I mean, we already talked about Queer Eye, which was definitely some some good therapy for me this week. But I've also been um, working on a project for school, which I, I've referenced on, on GT Radio before. But um, I'm doing a qualitative study on what characteristics make for a memorable game death. And I've been going through... Um, the data that I've collected so far, so some episodes of the Playdead podcast and some forum posts on the Geek Therapy forum, and uh, it's been really cool. I I love getting to read these personal stories, and I'm I'm practicing my my qualitative research analysis skills which is is pretty fun i have so many post-its around me you guys i'm using (laughs) post-its as my my coding (laughs) process and so i'm literally surrounded by almost an entire post-it stack i've Mm -hmm. used for just this project it's a lot of post-its but it's really fun and i'm enjoying it a lot and i'm really loving reading these personal stories from people on the forums wow
0: Awesome. Uh, Good pick there. Um, I'm going back and forth on two things, uh, but I'll I'll do them both very quickly because because I can't really decide. Um, Let me go with the one that's a tougher pick, and um, that's the season finale of Handmaid's Tale. So it's a tough episode. It brings up a lot of tough stuff, and um, it's, it's very difficult to watch, but... The reason I'm, I'm sharing it is for two reasons. One is my wife and I watched it together and we, we were crying. We like had to talk about what happened. Um, and it was, um, it, it was difficult for both of us to watch, but it, it did bring us together through the conversation we had about it afterwards. And I love when media does kind of challenge you and make you think. Um, and, and this ep- the season finale of Handmaid's Tale definitely did that. The other reason why I want to put it out there is, um, I mean, there's so much going on right now in the world, especially here in America, about um, refugees and the plight of refugees and specifically in America, um, the separation of families at the border. Um, and this episode kind of spoke to some of those themes. Um, it was just kind of a serendipitous thing it ended up talking about stuff that's happening in the news so it gave me just a little bit of context for understanding some some very difficult stuff so i, I um, I'm gonna recommend it for that reason Um if you're able to watch it, knowing all the stuff that's difficult about that, the other thing I'm going to say is like really, really everyone should watch it. It's super cool. Um, if you go out on YouTube and you search for "huge Lego Bat Cave and Wayne Manor," there's a really cool video. <laughs> it, it's like five minutes long, and someone made this ridiculously detailed Wayne Manor with a Bat Cave underneath, with like. Every Batmobile and all the Bat, like uh, not uniforms, but the Batman costumes um, or the Bat suits and all the Bat villains. Um, there's like so much happening, and I was just I watched that video a few times this week, and it, it
1: just made me happy.
0: Um, it's Legos, it's Batman, it's um, it's good stuff. So that was my geek therapy.
1: That's pretty awesome.
0: It's Batman and Legos and Legos,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's 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 good stuff. Well, this has been episode one forty four of GT Radio, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Josue Cardona will be back next week. You can follow us on Twitter. Lara is at Geek Therapist. Lauren is at Chicken dinosaur, I'm at Ali Matu and Josue is Josue A Cardona on Twitter. And until next time, keep on geeking out.
1: Happy Pride, everyone! Woo! Bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com geektherapy.